Hello, you are listening to Dr. Shushma Singh today in Unit 3 Social, Human and Gender Development. We are going to start lecture with the topic Identification of Gender, Need, Role and Strategy. Two important uh, conceptual rationales for wording for recognizing women as a distinct constituency in development and gender relation as a necessary framework for planning and implementation of developmental policies need to be discussed in greater detail. These are gender roles and needs and control over resources and decision making within the households. Now let us discuss gendered men and women and the household. Women were presumed to be beneficiaries of development as part of families and household targeted for development. It was pointed out by feminist researchers that women and men have different roles in the household and in society making for differential access to resources and power within household. Therefore, women's need for development cannot realistically be merged into those of others in the household. The disaggregation of the household family on the basis of the gender was therefore the first principle proposed for planning for development that was responsive to the distinct realities of men and women. Caroline Moster found that the development fell far short of people's, especially women's need due to the certain widespread stereotypes among development planners about the structure of how low-income households, division of labor inside them, and the power and control of resources within the household. More specifically, she found three faulty assumptions that emanated from a Western perspective and that distorted development initiative as they had no root in third world context. These are that the household consists of a nuclear family of husband, wife and two or three children. That the household functions as a socio-economic unit within which there is equal control over resources and power of decision making between all adult members in matters influencing the household's livelihood. That within the household there is a clear division of labor based on gender. The man of the family as the breadwinner is primarily involved in productive work outside the home, while the woman as a housewife or homemaker takes all over responsibility for the reproductive and domestic work involved in the organization of the household. Firstly, the nuclear family with its naturalized division of labor is an idealized concept that distorts reality. It has also been pointed out that the household as a residential unit is distinctive from families, the latter being a social unit that is based on ties of marriage and kinship and that though often these correspond yet an assumption of 
they being one and the same is bound to leap to misconception about the nature of developmental needs of the units targeted moreover not only do households show heterogeneity in their structure and composition it is also a fact that women occupy different positions in these structures to treat the family therefore as a static unit without the socio economic context and the contemporary pressures that make for constant restructuring of such units is bound to be problematic for instance although it is normally assumed that the head of the household is a man the situation is quite different in actually with women headed households showing an increase with desertion death male migration situation of war insecurity and dis- disaster female dependency is constructed on a false assumption that men are breadwinners and financial supporter of the dependent women while this may be a feature of industrial society in some cases it is restricted phenomena and does not represent the low income household and their realities where women are very often the primary or the sole earner in the caribbean large part of latin america central america and part of africa female headed household form a sizable proportion of the economically vulnerable often falling below the poverty line where the mother is the only adult income earner and there are several dependent children poverty manifests itself in children dropping out of education working and in making an intergeneralization transfer of poverty women balance multiple roles in the household and the assumption of their economic dependence on men can seriously impact policy against their interest there have been many instances where when false assumptions of women's role in the family resulted in their labor and participation in agriculture being discontinued and they being excluded from developmental initiatives involving ownership of the land credit extension and other services similarly faulty assumptions about the household as a natural socio economic unit presupposes first that a family provides equal control over family resources to all its members and that adult household members share between them and power of household decision making the importance of intra house dynamics in inequitable distribution of resources and in unequal exchanges of labor and its fruits is ignored and questions of power and control left unaddressed arguments about the economic rationalities of household behavior contradict the complex array of the relationships and interaction within the household and treat the household as an individual decision maker however the treatment of household as the most relevant unit of utility 
maximization removes the possibility of exploring and treating conditions of unequal exchanges and exploitation between the family members. Empirically evidence exists that there are conflicts of interest between men and women as well as interdependence and that gender inequalities are often rationalized through bias in perception of individual contributions and interests of men and women. There are economic as well as cultural and ideological reasons that underlie such asymmetries in intra-house resource allocations. However, it is commonly supposed that altruism governs family relations and individual family members subordinate individualism in pursuit of the common goal of the welfare of the family. Marriages especially are assumed to be cushioned with love and sacrifices from conflict that dog other social institutions. However, the belief that marriages and family mean a partnership between the men and women that is shared on the basis of common objectives and where there is reciprocity in rights and obligations that make for a joint control and management of resources such that each has access to pooled resources according to his or her need. Be lies reality. First, the household may not be necessarily be collectively of reciprocal interest even though sharing may be the dominant principle of household distribution. It does not mean that everyone has an equal access to resources. Gender is an important element in defining people's access to resources especially scares one. For example, women routinely get less to eat in poor households and are socialized to bear hardship so that their men can get better care and resources. Maternal ostracism is held to be a womanly virtue and in most homes it is the woman's obligation to routinely sacrifice food, or health and entertainment so that men can have a bigger share of these. Likewise, women often do not have direct access to household assets and property and have an, any control over these solely by the virtue of being wives or mothers of male relatives. In contrast, men have direct access to property and cultural sanctions for independent decision makings. Household distribution of labor and responsibilities also plays an important role in subscribing equal opportunities for men and women in the market and these limitations on women's ability to expand income generating activities pushes them back into the dependency status, vulnerable to violence and intra-household inequality. It has also been pointed out that the management and distribution of resources within the household takes place differently with men and women at the hinge of affairs and this is linked to the gender-based responsibilities of the two sexes. 
studies across the world show that the women's income is largely used to pay for the day-to-day food, clothing and domestic food goods and thus this household provisioning implies that a greater share of women's income covers substance and nutrition needs of the family as compared to that of the men. It needs to be underlined that the assumption of the male head as a benevolent caretaker cannot be stretched too far that the head cannot by himself represent household need. Therefore, with welfare too cannot be taken to be a representative of the welfare of all household members. While it is true that the, in most cases, cultural rules, ideology and practices make the intra-household distribution appear natural and legitimate, yet inequalities continue to exist because men and women share the bias in perception of their actual contribution to the household. Direct money earning by men is often perceived as a bigger contribution to the household and titling men to greater household resources than women whose time and energy spend on ensuring overall well-being of the family as well as in non-market activities that indirectly go to the support the men's enterprises in the market are discounted. Correct assessment of individual interests and well-being for planning development interventions therefore need to be based on the general gendered understanding of the dynamics of the intra-household inequalities. Here we want to close this lecture. Thanks for listening.